Hey, it's Kirsten. Do you feel like you're spending way too much money on supplements? When I started out on my health journey, I was also shocked about how expensive high quality supplements were, especially as I was upping how many I was taking. That's why when I became a practitioner back in 2018, I started offering my clients a way to save up to 25% off many of their supplements through a company called Wellevate, which is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E. Through Wellevate, you can order many of the supplements that you're already taking, like Pure Encapsulations, Gaia Herbs, Enzymetica, and others at discounts of up to 25% off retail. And shipping is free for orders over $49 within the United States. The only way to buy supplements through Wellevate is through a practitioner, and I will earn a small commission at no additional cost to you while you're saving money. So if you want to start saving upwards of 25% off your supplement bill, go to the resources page on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash resources and go to the Wellevate section. You don't have to be a client, just set up your account and start saving. I'm Kirsten Ramstrom, a certified holistic health coach, and welcome to the Quest for Healing podcast. Whether you're just starting out on your health journey or you're farther down your path, I've created this podcast to inspire and inform your health journey through first, some extraordinary healing stories from real people, second, an exploration of some intriguing healing modalities, and third, through conversations with enterprising people who are making a difference in the health of our world. Welcome to episode 68. Before we talk about this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that I'm going to switch to airing a new podcast to every other week, just for a few weeks. I'm working on some new and exciting things for you that I think you'll find really helpful, and I'm going to use the extra time to get that ready. In the meantime, there are now 68 episodes of Quest for Healing, so if you're looking for some inspiration next week, you could go back and catch up on some of the episodes you may have missed or re-listen to some of your favorites. As for this week's episode, I originally asked my guest, Maliki Duffy, to come on the podcast because he's had some remarkable success clearing up severe eczema on his face and body in a pretty short period of time. But when we really dug into his story, I learned that there's so much else that happened to him ahead of this particularly acute and widespread eczema flare, reaching back to when he was dealing with gut issues when he was younger and a spinal cancer diagnosis just a few years back when he was only 25. A couple of things that really struck me during our conversation. The first is how each of his doctors were really just focused on treating one area that was essentially assigned to them and how empowering it was for Maliki after he found the medical medium information because he was able to start making the connections between some of the symptoms across the different areas of his body and to see his body as a whole. The other part of this conversation that I really loved was in the second half, when we talk about how some modifications and changes that he made to his protocol really made a difference, and how when he started to modulate some of his foods and supplements, not trying to do everything every day, but to go in phases, that it actually started making his healing easier. Now, I'm not saying that every body will respond in the same ways that his did, but it's something to think about if you're feeling stuck or flaring a lot. So if you've been dealing with mystery gut issues, the aftermath of cancer treatment, or a severe bout of eczema, I think you'll find this episode very informative and inspiring. 
As always, these discussions are not intended to provide medical advice, but rather to give you examples of methods and modalities that you may find interesting, informative, or helpful. Please work with your doctor as you undertake your own health journey. And before we go to the episode, I just wanted to point out we did have a little glitch in the middle and we had to switch microphones. So Maliki's sound changes about halfway through. It's just what happens sometimes. And with that, let's dive right into the episode. Maliki, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Really excited. I had seen some of your pictures on Instagram about the battle that you had had with eczema and how once you started following medical medium, how fast it cleared up. So I'm so excited to talk about this. Yeah. It's just to be able to share it. You know, it does feel like a big win. So I can imagine. So why don't you take us back before we delve straight into that? Why don't you take us back a little bit? Because I know you've got a really interesting health history. I'd love to explore that before we get to um, the most recent progress you've made. Yeah, for sure. I do feel like it's pretty complicated and there's a lot of layers to it. And so I feel like, which is, I feel like most people's stories have those layers. And so the eczema is just like the latest sort of thing. But I was thinking about this yesterday and there really was healing that happened with the eczema. So it just brings hope for me and for some of the other health things that I've experienced that I've, that I've healed from. So to go back to the beginning, I actually think was in high school and I was Uh, on the basketball team up until then I never really had you know I had like a little eczema around my like elbows when I was a kid that we put a little steroid cream on but I was in high school and on the basketball team and all of a sudden I was on the on the court and I felt like my heart was having like these palpitations really fast it didn't hurt but it was just like a really fast heartbeat and then I would also get when I wasn't playing I would start getting like these skipped heartbeats like they call PVCs And so basically I was really scared because I was like, you know, it's your heart. But I went to the cardiologist in Boston Children's and it was just clear. Everything was like perfectly fine. And so I was like, okay, I guess it's nothing. (laughs) And later on, I kind of found out maybe the cause of some of that, that symptom. But that was like the first thing that I could point to. And yeah, like I just remember when I was young, I was always a little bit, I don't know, I, I could get worried about my health from time to time. You know, I was a little bit maybe hypochondriac in in a way. Then I I got up through college and um, like my senior year of college, I started to get a lot of science infections and I always got a lot of sore throats when I was a kid and I had to have my tonsils removed. And so I got a lot of science infections and then I started to get like dizzy and like fatigue out of nowhere. And that was really unexpected. I didn't live like the healthiest lifestyle in college. Like I, I like to go out and go out with my friends a decent amount and my diet wasn't the greatest but yeah so I started to get fatigued and dizzy and then um through there kind of got a little better was there a time when you would notice that more than others I'm not sure I guess maybe during like the full swing of things at school when when it, when it was like really busy with whatever I was studying so maybe maybe when it was busier like I think, you know, in college, I, you don't really get a lot of sleep. So that was, that was a problem as well. But I knew it was something that was, I knew it was something that was like different. I was like, there's no, it's not, I'm not just sick. I know that there was all of a sudden I just feel dizzy, like almost like a panic attack. Not, not quite to that level, 
And that's why for a long time, I got really bothered when, when doctors or just people in my life would say that maybe you're just stressed out and maybe you just need to, because I, I would feel it. So, so then later on, I started my first job as a teacher in Baltimore, Baltimore City, and then Baltimore County teaching fifth grade. And so I would be teaching and I would feel like I was being drained of energy and this dizziness to the point where I had to sit down and I couldn't even go out to recess a couple of days. And keep in mind, like, I'm, I'm very athletic. I'm working out every day. And I'm like out there at the kids with the kids at recess, like throwing football, throwing like touchdown passes and just running around. So, so I just felt like the energy leave. And how old were you at this point? I was like 24 because it was really started in my second year of teaching after I like graduated and got my master's in education. Okay. So yeah, it was like 24, 25. And it was accompanied by this feeling of like not being able to breathe. And I know when I say that, people are like, oh, this is what everyone in my life was like, oh, it's panic attacks and like you're dizzy and you're, and I was like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not actively like stressed about anything. Like I want to be here and teach. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. Like I had a great class and like, I consider myself like a really good teacher. And so, yeah, I was like, I want to be here. But then I felt like it was a digestive thing, really. Like everything wasn't moving the way it should be. And it kind of felt like it was frozen up near my diaphragm. And like, I knew it was related to digestion because at certain points it was better and certain points it would just be so constricting, pressing up against. And so that's when my real like chronic illness thing really started because the digestion thing just doesn't go away. Whereas the fatigue or dizziness, like I would go work out after that and I'd be like, okay. Interesting. So when you started having the digestive issues, what exactly was happening there? And what did you pursue to try to figure out what that was? At first, there was no difference in like my digestion, but I just felt this feeling of not being able to breathe. But then it was like constipation, really. And it was like certain foods, like it was really like fibrous or something like broccoli, especially and like Brussels sprouts, stuff like that. Maybe like cruciferous vegetables. I noticed that that would just ruin me basically. So yeah, then like I started to do what anyone would do is go to the doctor and boy, that's like a saga, like the amount of doctor's visits and like first they, they, they sort of said it's like an IBS something, which you don't really know what IBS is. So I tried an over-the-counter medication, which was a stool softener and also like these peppermint gels because like peppermint's supposed to be good for IBS, which I've actually found is helpful in a different way later on down the line, not the gels you buy at CVS. So we tried a few different things. I had CAT scans done of like my stomach. I had this other really uncomfortable test that I, I don't want to talk about, which was like they wanted to test the function of my bowels. Okay. Essentially, that's what I'll say. It was absolutely crazy. But, you know, they, they didn't really find much. They found that it was emptying like a little slowly, but like nothing to suggest all this stuff I was having. I had blood work done for a, a bunch of different things, including some allergies, which I wasn't allergic to anything, and also my immune response. And so that was all like fine. Although one of my immune things was elevated, which later on, I think I know what that was from, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. But so we went through all these things. I tried an elimination diet of like eggs, maybe pork, shellfish, like a few things that are common, common allergens. 
I took them out for a month, but obviously I'm still eating like chips at that time and like a lot of oil. And like, so that was, I took that stuff out, didn't do anything. I tried other medications as well. So what they found out was they did a, well, they did a colonoscopy and then they did an endoscopy and they found out that I had eosinophilic esophagitis, which is essentially inflammation of your esophagus. And people who have acid reflux get this. And so I was like, what the hell? Like, why do I have this? And I'm so glad, by the way, to be in like the medical medium world now, like the way that I was like connecting the dots, like a detective and like all these doctors, it's like, I'm getting exhausted talking about it, but uh, in some way I'm glad we're talking about it and you're, and you're being such a good listener. So it's actually nice to be able to talk about it, you know, but yeah. So, so anyways, my esophagus is like swelling. And then there was like a whole thing where that was going to be my last year at work. So I moved from Baltimore to Boston. I had to transfer all my medical records, which was, you would think was easy, but wasn't. And um, they didn't make it easy at all. And so during that time, that summer, I stopped caffeine for like a week, actually. And to be honest, that was the only thing that actually did anything. It actually was better. I could breathe a little bit better for that week. But I tried like eating no meat for that summer. I was losing weight. I was eating like rice and beans for like protein because I thought I needed a lot of protein at dinner. And then there was like, I was trying to get this medication, which is like the medication people take who have asthma. It's like Pulmacort or something. And instead of inhaling it, I just had to like spray it down my throat because it's a steroid. And if you spray it down your throat, they think that the inflammation would go down. Except when people usually have EOE, eosinophilic esophagitis, they think that they usually have trouble swallowing. I wasn't having any of that symptoms. And then later on, I found out from the same doctor that my numbers of inflammation markers weren't even that high. And it was unclear whether that was even causing my symptoms. So obviously, digestive things, it's kind of a mystery. They don't really know what's causing, what's causing anything, in my opinion. So anyways, so why was I taking these medications and what what was the point of it? And just searching for the answers with that. So that was, to be honest, the the worst thing that I had to go through because I just couldn't breathe and there was nothing that was was stopping it. So then, so I was like, how can this get any worse? It can always get worse, but it can get better. So I was, I moved up to Boston. My family lives up here. I moved in with my girlfriend and my brother. And the purpose behind that was to pursue music while I was like doing my teaching career. So me and me and my brother, we formed a band. Uh, it's called Captain Sunbeam. Still playing the band. A little plug. And I'll put some links to that in the show notes. Yeah. So moved up here to do that. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll get this stomach stuff sorted out and I'll be better. And I was like doing all my meditations. And I, I read this book, Mind Over Medicine by Lisa Rankin which I found was like an amazing book um, because it just talked about people's attitudes towards healing. And um, it talked a little bit about diet, not as specific or as amazing as, as medical medium, but it was definitely a great book. And so I was trying different things, supplements to like rebuild my stomach acid. Like I was taking like HCL. I actually did take turmeric pills. They weren't the right ones, but I, I was like trying to get onto it. You know, there's the apple cider vinegar thing, which I, I, I tried that for, for a couple of weeks and like Manuka honey, which I now use for my face, but, but yeah, like I was trying all those things. So when Anthony will talk about those things, I'm like, yeah, that was me. So basically getting to it, 
I'm working out and all of a sudden I start getting pain in my right hip and I'm running and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm overdoing it running wise. I'm like, I'm getting older, even though I'm like 25, 26. I'm like, let me stop running. Let me just start swimming instead. So I go in there, the gym, I'm swimming, I'm swimming. And then I tried to run again, didn't work. It was still that kind of shooting pain. It's like sciatica. And then so it got to the point where I would be walking normally and I would feel that pain. And then like later on, November, December, and during this time, by the way, that fatigue and that dizziness I talked about earlier, that was still popping up. I'd be at work halfway through the day, it'd be 12 p.m. I would just be hit by it and I'd be like paralyzed. I was taking a sub job at the time because that's what I could handle. And I'd just be in the bathroom like, this is messed up. And so I start getting into pain more and more. And like I'm out there refing the soccer games at recess and I'd like move my head. And all of a sudden I'd get this jolt of like shock of pain. So I was, I was getting that shooting pain in my hip when I was walking. And during that time, I was also getting this same fatigue, this dizziness, what feels like a panic attack, which I knew it wasn't. If there was anything I was worried about, it was that I was you know, I was sick. That's what I was worried about. That's what I tried to tell people. And I definitely think mental health is important, but there's some times when it's just like, there's something underlying. So yeah, I was getting that. And I went in for an MRI at the ortho, which was tough, just lying on my back. By that time in January, early January, the pain was so bad. I had to take some time off work because if I got in the car the wrong way, or I like, moved my body the wrong way, it would just set off this crazy shooting pain that was not just sciatica. It was like, this is like nerve pain, like something's being pinched. I had no idea. So I go in and then they do the MRI. And then, you know, I can't remember exactly how this went, but they were like, okay, we're going to, we need to take some more pictures. So then I got the call after the MRI and they said, there's a, like a dark spot, like a lesion on the, on the MRI. And I was like, what's, you know, what's a lesion, you know? So I had to look up that. And then it was near my, my lumbar spine and my brain's kind of going in a lot of different directions. Like I kind of said, I was a little bit of hypochondriac and I was super scared and they called me right back and they were like, we're sending you to the specialist at, at, at MGH, who's like a ortho oncology person. And, and at that point, my brain's just like going crazy. And MGH is Mass General Hospital for those of us out there who aren't from Boston. Yeah. MGH is the best. I was so lucky living near there. So they did a referral for me to the orthopedic oncology. It was essentially a spine doctor at Mass General. And so that's when the whole thing started. And obviously, like I didn't know that I had cancer at that point. But there was definitely some sort of a growth or tumor. And I was like, oh, maybe it's benign, all this stuff. But for anyone who's had cancer, there's always that first call that you have to make to like tell your family about what might be going on. And I was just talking with my friend about this the other day and just how, how crazy that was and, and how shocking it was, obviously. How did they react? Well, it depends on the person. Um, I think I first called my girlfriend and obviously we were both just pretty upset. And then I think I called my, probably my dad. And that was, I don't even remember, like part of it's, I feel like I blocked it out in my memory. I don't even remember. I don't think it went too well, but I think my dad was like, well, we don't know anything yet. There's no point in being like upset about it. We don't know anything yet. 
I really appreciate that advice from him because he's right. And even when I was diagnosed with cancer, the severity and all that stuff was like working in my favor. So, but then I called my, my best friend and we, I talked with him about it and he was very much the one who was like, not necessarily cheering me up, but like taking my mind off it and just kind of like messing around. Sometimes that's a key person in our lives, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'd be feeling super sick, but if, if he or like certain people came around for a little bit, I had to like get up and interact. But then everyone else who took care of me, like my girlfriend and, and my mom and, you know, everyone else. So my, my brother. It sounds like he had a good team of people around you. Yeah, I think I did. I think I did for sure. Everyone has their role to play, you know? So anyways, I go in and they had to do another MRI with contrast. And then my doctor was like, it's, it looks like it's a type of cancer and we just got to figure out what type and we got to figure out what level it is. And so we have to do a biopsy. And so at this point, I'm still in a lot of pain. And what he said is that the nerve was in my spine was being compressed by the, the tumor. And that was what was causing me the pain. And so he said that with the biopsy, he could actually, and that's what he did. He actually went in and he decompressed the nerve and removed some of it to do the biopsy. And I woke up from that surgery and I was immediately like, oh, I can walk again. Fantastic. Yeah, which was cool. And so um, during this whole time, though, with this allergist that I was seeing for my stomach, we did some blood work and my mast cells were really elevated. And the concern that it was, was that it was um, a type of mast cell cancer, which, which could be very serious. And so that was just the, the worst part about the whole cancer experience was just the waiting for those test results and how like sort of tied to those test results, you feel like your whole world is like, if this test result isn't good, my world is done. And like, I'm so thankful to be at a place now where I have the power in my health, like health. And I can, I'm not just like tied to that anymore, which is, which is crazy. I never thought I would be at that place. So I would have my dad call into the doctor to get the results and to check them. A, a, a good tip I have for people is like, if you're concerned about a health issue, don't look it up yourself, have someone else look it up because they're going to be calm and they're not going to just jump to all the worst case scenarios on WebMD. So yeah, that's that's a huge thing. Not not that I'm saying WebMD is is necessarily like the place to go for answers for health issues, but anyways, this is a turmoil so so scary during that time period. But then I went in biopsy, and apparently it was it was chordoma, which is a type of spinal cord cancer, and mine was apparently very slow growing, and it was something that they could operate on and treat with radiation, and so that's what we did. I did like six weeks of radiation, which wasn't bad at first. <laughs> and did uh, just feel a little tired. And then you, we had the surgery, which was pretty major spinal surgery. How big was the tumor? It was like from L2 to L4, L5. So it was actually kind of like long and skinny, just kind of like right next to my spinal cord. Okay. I, and I couldn't really feel it other than the fact that it would hurt in my leg. Oh yeah. I was going to say it was also very validating actually when I got diagnosed with cancer, because I'm like, I've been struggling with all these mystery symptoms for years. And I'm like, see everyone, like I'm not crazy. Like obviously I could be stressed from, from all that, but it's not, it's not like I'm just having panic attacks 
It's like, listen, like this is, this is major. Right. There's actually something going on here. Maybe I'm not a hypochondriac. Maybe there was actually something really going yeah. on. And, and of course there was, right? Just go, like, you're right. I think there are a lot of people in this world that get labeled as hypochondriacs who have a lot of very valid health issues and other yeah. people don't understand. And it's the people that don't understand who throw that label around. Yeah. And I think it's I, really, I agree. it's really toxic, right? Yeah, I agree. It's like, you want to be believed, you know? So I really like how sometimes how Anthony will talk about chronic illness, just as be, it's like running a marathon and you don't get it until you, until you get it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So it was like, yeah, it was, it was really validating for me. So basically I had this really serious spinal surgery where they had to go, he had to go into my spine, take out the tumor. He didn't have to put any metal in, which was really important. He just had to remove some of the bones, like the ones on your back that like stick out like a dinosaur. He had to like clip off one of those bones essentially. So like my recovery, it, like within a month, I was actually doing really a lot better. The surgery was like a huge success. I was so thankful that it went well and that the radiation was looking good. And, um, I actually had discovered medical medium before my surgery, like during while I was going through radiation. And it wasn't even because of the cancer. It was because of my stomach, the breathing and the digestive issues was so bad that I was like, I will literally do anything. Like I've tried all the medications. The medications didn't work. It didn't resonate with me. So my friend actually, who did have eczema, which this is all just comes full circle. He had healed his eczema with medical medium and he told me about it and we talked about it a lot. And within the first day or two of eating nothing but like fruit and bananas, apples, sweet potatoes, I had felt something change in my digestion. And this is what I was going through radiation. And I felt like my constipation was a little bit better. I didn't have a, a juicer. So I just like blended up the celery and I was just like doing everything what I thought was totally wrong, but it was a, it was a big start. And so then for my surgery, I kind of went off it again because it was too much. I was at home lying in bed in pain, like on pain meds. Like my mom was like making my meals. So I couldn't really, you know, but then I, I really felt strongly about it at the end of August. Like i I went back to it a month later and I really, in those next three or four months, I was following pretty much the protocols I was, I was doing like heavy metal detox smoothie. I don't think I added spirulina or, or barley, green barley grass juice at that time, but I was going through it. I was doing potatoes. I was trying to steam them, sometimes baking them. And, you know, I was still on some medications at the time, but yeah. So fast forward a little bit to the next spring after my surgery and I, I finished up radiation. I did another round of radiation. All my scans were clear. Everything was great. And then a few months later, I started to, my strength in my legs started to fade and I, I could still like stand up, but like, I couldn't stand up on my toes. Basically, I, my calves didn't work and my hip as well, my going side to side, my balance. So I had to start walking with crutches basically. And they thought it was like radiation damage, which is really rare, but apparently everything's kind of rare with me. So of course I was in for it. So I was like, okay, that's a huge change in my life. I can't go out and just walk around the same way anymore. And I have to walk with crutches to this day. 
And so at that point, I had still been following medical medium. I was concerned about protein at that time because I was like, my muscles, it's my muscles. And it really wasn't my muscles. It was my nerve. My muscles are fine. And my upper body is really strong. It was my nerves. The signal wasn't getting through. The radiation had somehow damaged. So, And, you know, radiation is one of the unforgiving four that Anthony talks about. And it's something for me, it just, it comes up all the time right now for the last couple of months, which is sort of unusual, but I feel like it's one of those things that people don't focus on it because, you know, you obviously were having radiation in the hospital on purpose because of some other medical conditions, but there's a lot of radiation in this world. And while it's one of the unforgiving four, I feel like it's the one that people talk about the least because you can't see it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think about that all the time. Just, I know that we had talked about having our cell phones so close and all the time when you're sleeping, we're all on the laptops and, and yeah, I literally had it beamed into my spine. And so I think about that and I think about how important it is for me to detox from that radiation, especially because they haven't ruled it out that it could get better someday. So I want to do everything I can to, to give myself a chance to walk like that again. So this was three years ago, correct? This was early 2019? Yeah, 2019. Okay. And so this is now, it's January of 2022 and we're taping this. So it's been three years and you're still on the crutches. Yeah, I'm still on the crutches. It's gotten a little bit worse since then, but it's like a very slow pace. So if it's decline, it's hard also, also to tell if it's that my nerves are getting weak or it's my muscles are getting a little weak from not using them as much. Like I still, I still walk a few miles every day, but with crutches. So it's just different. My exercise is like, I have to row. I, I, I would swim, but the eczema makes, can make that challenging. My row or I'll get on the, the elliptical bike at the gym and, mm-hmm. or the um, exercise bike, or mm-hmm. I'll do some boxing sitting, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which you can do. Like you That's can great. Get, get moving, but so yeah, then, so I guess the reason, so all that to say, the reason why I'm even on this podcast is the, the eczema flare up. So in spring of this year, so, or this past year, so 2021, I started to get eczema. I always had it on my hands during the winter. They would get really dry and cracked. And I would, I started to get it on my face and around my eye and it kind of popped up in the spring and then started getting worse a little bit better in the summer and then started getting, you know, cause of the humidity I felt like. And then as soon as it got cold this year, it just started to just get to be killer. I had it just everywhere, like on my arms, my legs, like the tops of my quads, kind of on my butt, like my sides coming up through to like to my armpits and even my back a little. And then my face and my neck and the face is the worst, by the way, in my opinion, if you have to have eczema anywhere, the face is, is the killer. Yeah. And you've got pictures of this on, on your Instagram account, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I got pictures. I didn't even take the pictures when it was at its worst, actually. I, it was actually even worse than that. But I, then I decided to make the Instagram account. Cause I'm like, I have my one friend who connected me to medical medium. Aside from that, it's like, I know there's people out there, but like, I had no idea this community that's on, on the internet. So I was like, I, I got to do this for myself to just connect with people and maybe try to inspire people. And like, at first I was like, Oh, no one's going to be inspired. But when like my posts got reposted the before and after, 
the amount of specific messages that I would get. And I'm just like, oh my God, everyone's going through this. Absolutely. So um, when the eczema flared up, I was following medical medium, but there was a lot of things that I was doing that I don't think were helping me. Like I wasn't completely no fat. I would eat some wild caught salmon once or twice a week, or I would sometimes have like a different type of, of protein. Like any type of seafood is what I, what I really preferred protein wise. And then I was also still on medication at the time. I was taking like a certain sedative medication to help with my breathing actually, and make it a little easier for my breathing. My digestion was slowly, and it still is, it's slowly getting better. The more that I would eat like the heavy metal detox smoothie, obviously before that, do the celery juice. And then, yep, there you go. Got Cheers it. Cheers with I'm a up. heavy metal detox smoothie. I think you're still drinking celery juice. I've, yeah, I've got my celery juice right here. So <laughs> definitely cheers. Cheers. And so, yeah. And then like for dinner with the sweet potatoes and regular potatoes, I used to just bake them and I would just put like tomatoes and whatever, all, all this stuff. So essentially I was doing mostly medical medium recommended, but it wasn't moving the needle and the eczema just kept getting worse, which is crazy. To think that because I'm like, I already am doing so much modification. You know, I, I've at that point I was adding, I was adding spirulina, I was adding green barley grass juice powder, I was adding some dulse, you know. So, and eczema is one of those tough ones. As everybody's heard me talk about it, I had it on my hands for four years, it just went away and it's not even completely gone. And in fact, I've got a little bit on one of my fingers this morning, I put some celery pulp on it. But I've followed this for six years. Now I am not perfect. There's always a little more I could do. It's probably time for a cleanse. Da, 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 da. But this stuff can be persistent, right? And sometimes it has to do with the other stuff that we're getting exposed to. Like I know I've got a lot of environmental stuff where I live. I don't know what your yeah. environmental situation is, but there are times when, yeah, you can be following it and it's not moving the needle. So what were the changes that you made? So basically, you know, I had no choice, you know, like many people who's, who have severe eczema where it's like, it's like weeping, you're getting stuff, you know, and yes, I could see. Yep. I'm yeah. cringing. Yeah. It oozes. There's like yeah. goo that oozes out of it. It's this, it's, it feels like the top of your skin is this scaly like layer. And for someone from me who hates cream of any sort, it was brutal. You do need to put on some cream. Like, so basically what changed though, to answer your question is I went to the doctor to look at the eczema just to have him see it. He prescribed all sorts of steroids and, you know, I love my doctor, but I, I wasn't going to do that this time because it was so extensive on my body. And I knew that there could be withdrawal from the steroids. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do medical medium, but I'm just going to commit so hard. So I, I was actually fortunate enough to be able to take a leave from work because people don't see eczema as that type of thing, but it really is. If it's severe, you can't sleep. It, the itching is like just waves of it all over your body and you can't sleep. So to commit, what I did was I talked to my friend who had healed his eczema. He was like, okay, you're, you're finally ready for the next level of the, you know, the knowledge and so just a few small things. The, the biggest thing was, was getting off my medication, which, which I'll say, if, if you're out there on medication, make sure you work with your doctor to get off the medication because some medications can be 
really much more challenging and you could go through withdrawal. So I got off my medic. I was taking a really low dose already. So that's, I think, why I was able to get off it so quickly. And since I was taking a leave from work, I actually, which I'm so thankful I was able to do, I was actually able to do that. I knew that was number one because my liver wasn't processing that anymore. So I could focus on the healing. Then I went completely no fat. I started to steam all my vegetables instead of baking them because he was like, this is super important. Uh, I know Anthony talks about steaming is the best way to preserve the nutrients, not baking. And, and I know it makes them alkaline too, and less acidic for your body. And then I went without salt as well. No salt because my friend was like, this is what, this is what flared mine up. So I, I took those steps and for a couple of weeks, I was working with a, a, a medical medium practitioner as well at the time. And she was giving me a, a, a ton of good supplement information as well as food information. And for a couple of weeks, it was brutal. I, I, I suffered through, I couldn't sleep. You know, you feel like your world is ending. The only reason that I was able to keep going, I, I told people that it was just as hard, if not harder than anything cancer-related, anything cancer-related, which is crazy. And the only reason why I was able to keep going is because I'm like, you know, Malachi, like you've been through something harder than this, you know? And it's like, I do have that mentality. Like I'm a very competitive person and I'm like, you know, you're not going to let this, you're not going to let this beat you. Right. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like all that motive. Some, it doesn't work for some people, but it works for me, like that motivational stuff. So I was, I was really trying to just get through it. And what moved the needle most actually was I was talking to my friend again. I was like, dude, I can't, it's, it's so bad. It's just getting worse. And I, so I get the messages from everyone who says that. And he was like, maybe just take it down with the supplements a little bit because they could be so detoxifying. So I was taking like, I was taking like a ton of things at high high dosages of them, which I think is good for your body. Like I was taking multiple scoops of spirulina, taking ton of lysine, cat's claw, nettle, just vitamin C. And so I basically was like, okay, let me just take it back. And I just took out the supplements except for like a little curcumin, maybe micro C, vitamin B and like zinc. And I actually took out spirulina, green barley grass, the dulse from the smoothie. I took them out. And then the next two days, all of a sudden, the redness started to fade. It started to like just fade a little bit. And like the relief, yeah, yeah. The relief at that time is it was crazy. I got a couple nights of sleep. Within a few days, my face, I could start seeing like white on my face again. That's amazing. Instead of, instead of just red. And I think you make a great point here. It's so tempting for everybody who wants to do everything, right? I want to do everything I can to get rid of this as fast as I can. And so many people with eczema talk about how when they started, the first couple of weeks were so hard because it got worse and it was so painful and it was so awful. But I think you're right, right? Lots of antivirals, lots of detox. You're killing stuff off. You're trying to push all these neurotoxins and dermatoxins and everything out of your body. And your skin is the detox pathway on that, which is why it was Mm -hmm. coming out to begin with. Exactly. And when you're pushing more out, it irritates that poor skin that is so irritated and fragile to begin with and dialing it back made it better. Your body wants to detox through its normal detox pathways, such as going to the bathroom and things like that. So if you give it a chance to let it 
exit that way, instead of pushing it out all through your skin, it made it easier. Exactly. Fantastic. Exactly right. And that's actually a really helpful explanation too. It, I appreciated your explanation on that one because it's it just didn't irritate it so much. You know, it's it's like you're just poking the bear. So I know I def, that definitely resonates with me. You know, even now I go through periods where I'll do like the full heavy de- metal detox smoothie for like, I'll do it for like five days and then I'll like cycle on and off almost because sometimes it can just be so irritating for my skin. Like, this is what my friend told me. You're still detoxing during that time. And it's just a little more gentle. And then you slowly add things back in. Like, I'm, I'm heading back to work on Monday, actually. So I'm going to actually take down some of my those really powerful foods for the next few days just so my skin can recover a little bit from that. The other thing that helped me, too, was certain foods that are very, I'll use the word blood tonifying, that have a lot of iron in them. Stuff that's really building your blood, as my friend likes to say, that can be irritating too because your blood's circulating through. So like foods like like spinach or like, which it's amazing foods for you, but I found they irritated me. And also foods that were really hot, like that really warmed your body, like garlic and ginger. Like I still eat garlic and ginger because they're so amazing for your immune system but not too much of it and going without it for a few days could you could give you the relief that you need you know so that's just another little thing that's like a random thing that we've both found to be the case i think that's just such an interesting point i've never talked to anybody who cycled that way where you ramp them up sometimes pull them back at different times and it's interesting to hear that you can see the difference with that modulation. And obviously yeah. all those foods are great foods for us. They're not foods that are doing bad things, but a lot of leafy greens, one of the things that leafy greens do is they clean your blood. And of course, yeah. when your blood, you know, the whole issue with the dermatoxins and your clogged up liver, like some of the stuff backs up into your blood, right? And if you're cleaning that out, you're detoxing your blood. And what you want is a little slower detox at the moment. Right. Sometimes you're like, bring it on. Exactly. Bring it on. Let's clean it out. Let's have some more garlic. I mean, garlic is super powerful. There's times when I've put raw garlic on things and it's actually made me sick because it gets into my body and it kills so many things so fast. And my body's like, nope, not ready for that. <laughs> sort of like my first day with celery juice. It's like, wow. this is so powerful. That was maybe too much, but I think it's fascinating how you've modulated that. Fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> and so how long was it before you really started to see results? So your first two weeks were, it sounds like a mess. Yeah. But then how long was yeah. it before your skin really cleared up? So it was like end of October is when it started to get so bad. I had to take a leave from work. And then it was like, I started to get my first major boost, like mid November when I kind of took the supplements down a little bit. And then it's a path, like it started to flare up again. And I was like, oh, it's back. But And Anthony talks about how the life cycle of the cells is about six weeks, which is one of the reasons why eczema naturally goes up and down anyway. Right. So yeah, it makes so much sense. And, but I got another boost then, you know, maybe actually about six weeks, somewhere in there. And I got another boost in December, started to get a lot better for a few days. And then right around the holidays, it started to get a little worse, but it was less bad. And by the way, all through December, it was so much better. Like actually I was feeling 
feelings of happiness and joy during December, you know? So, so it was got a little worse around the holidays, but then started to get a lot better. And I kind of judge it by my face, how my face looks, but then I got to remember it was all over my body. So I really started to be able to sleep like through mid-December. And then in January, it started to get a lot, a lot better. And that's when I posted because it was just so much better. I would say about like at least 75% better, which if, if you have eczema, it just means the world, you know? Absolutely. And so that literally is two and a half months. Yeah. About two and a half months. Now I'm actually closing in on three. Okay. And uh, yeah, two and a half months. And the, the, the difference was just was so big. And, you know, it was all those little tweaks along the way. Some nights I, I didn't go to sleep because another thing is it gets worse at itching gets worse at night um, because that's when your body's detoxing, you mm-hmm. know, and I know that healing hours are like from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. and then from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So Anthony has talked about that as sort of optimal sleep times for resting your body and healing. Yeah, yeah. So basically some nights I just said, screw it. And I just, I couldn't sleep at night. So I just was like, all right, I'm going to go to bed at five every night. You know, I just went to bed at five and I was able to sleep. And then now I slowly am bringing my bedtime back to normal because I'm not itching at night. That's amazing. It's really incredible that you can make some of these small changes. And the ones you made were dropping the fat, steaming your veggies instead of baking them. And taking salt out, right? Yeah. And what a big difference that made and how fast it made it. I know. It is amazing when we give our bodies exactly what they need, how they respond and how quickly they can do it. Seriously, it's it's crazy. And to actually know that you healed something in your body, because I'm still working with my digestion. I'm still, I still have things I want to heal. You know, Mm -hmm. I still have a long way to go. But when you actually see a result and it's not just like uh test re- like we were talking about test results before it's not just a test result it's a result that you know you put in time and effort to and your body did that you know like yep. it feels it's it's great that's amazing so you just brought up your digestion how has that been getting better during this last sort of year that you've been following medical medium you know you were saying before that you had trouble breathing and there were all these issues going on has that gotten better yeah, it it has gotten better. It's it's still there. I still feel it. I think it's my theory is it might be related to the nerve damage in my spine because your nerves are connected to your intestines. But yeah, I it has gotten better. Ever since I started, even in 2018, since I started following it regularly, I started being more regular, like have more regular bowel movements, like once at least once or twice a day, which even if I'm feeling that feeling. I know that it's not going to last like for like three days where it used to last. Like I'll get, I'll get relief from it and I can plan my day around. Like I I credit medical medium even before the eczema with helping me get back to work as a teacher. I work as a teacher again. I have my own classroom and I wouldn't be able to get there. And that's from the past three years. I wouldn't be able to get there without this digestion being like at least a little bit better. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I can see why standing in front of, you teach fifth graders, right? Now I teach uh, middle school actually. (laughs) But you're standing in front of a bunch of 12 year olds. You can't really be running back and forth to the bathroom every 10 minutes if you need to. Right. So if you had some advice for somebody who's just starting out on this journey, what would it be? Well, I would say my advice would be if something happens to your body, 
try not to immediately classify it as a negative thing. And I know when a lot of times in this podcast, I was like, oh, it was so terrible. It hurt all this stuff. That's all true. That's all true. But in the grander scheme of things, like there's a purpose. And, you know, regardless of what you believe, maybe the purpose is just so you can see how strong that you really are. You know, like the purpose is just like your soul or what or whatever you believe can just get stronger and can can become more powerful and deeper. So like if I had to believe like back even when I had the cancer in my spine, I would meditate on like literally on those like cancer cells and I tried to like welcome them and I tried to like because as much as we see it as like evil or like even the eczema on your skin, it's like those are just cells themselves and they're yours maybe they just need a little help and they're just a little misguided so i would i would really feel that light kind of coming through my spine or even when my in my skin and i would just try to send love to that and it's made me really um come to know myself and love myself a lot so it's seriously such a profound experience and it's it's a deep spiritual experience so you got to see it like that and it's easier said than done cuz what is hard you feel like you're about to die practically in any of these situations but that feeling is isn't bad it's just it's part of being alive like we we're, it's okay it's safe it's safe to be like we're humans like we get sick like we we die like it's safe and so that's what i'd say i think that's beautiful <laughs> maliki i really appreciate you coming on and talking about all of this you've had such a fascinating health journey And I know there's going to be a lot of people who can relate to a lot of what you've been through. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's a blast to just be able to talk about this and know that it matters and to go through all those like little things and to see how just for me to even see how far I've come, you know, it's kind of a trip. So yeah, thank you so much. It it was really, really fun. Yeah. And I find it all so empowering, right? It's like mm-hmm. we finally found right. something and it's it's what Anthony always tells us, right? He's empowering us to be able to do this ourselves and look mm-hmm. at what we can do, mm-hmm. right? We're doing things that the doctors haven't been able to fix, mm-hmm. but here we are going to the grocery store, getting our stuff at the grocery store. We can fix it from the grocery store. We don't have to That's fix right. it from all those resources at the hospital and all the drugs and all the other stuff. Yeah, We can fix it with the food at the grocery store. It's amazing. You're right. Maybe in like another, maybe in a year or so, I'll come back and I'll, I'll have healed something else. Cause I'm not, I'm definitely not done. You know, that's, that's the cool part is that you have the tools. I want to hear about when you get off your crutches. That's I the success I want to celebrate next. I'm looking forward to that one. My time period for that's like, like 10 years about, which okay. is Okay. But like, that's what that's in my head. That's what I'm thinking, because I know how hard it is to heal anything in your body. So I'm like, yeah, okay, like about 10 years, like I could do it. You know, my sense from medical medium information is nerves can regenerate in maybe four to five. So I'll be interested to see what the time frame looks like. All right. We'll we'll see. (laughs) There's there's a lot of people out there who I've talked to, some of who've been on the podcast that I'm waiting to see this successes on the nerves yeah. healing. It's going to be fascinating, yeah. right? It is. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if people want to find you on social media, where can they look? Well, I have my Instagram account for my skin, uh, healing my skin with MM. That's for my skin. 
And then, like I said, shameless plug, I also play in a band and it's called Captain Sunbeam. So it's on Instagram, captain.sunbeam. I have it linked to my other one too, because I'm always like, I'll sometimes post videos of, of music type stuff. And because for me, music is a, is a big part of my healing. And the reason that we created that whole band, one of the reasons was to be inspired through what I went through with my cancer journey and the sunbeam of like the radiation and it's a whole thing. So, uh, so it's very connected for me, really. I love it. That's perfect. I'll put links to that in the show notes too. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for being on. This has been so fun connecting with you. I totally agree. Thanks so much. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Show notes for this episode, episode number 68, are available through your podcast provider like Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you followed Quest for Healing. And they are also available on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash podcast. My scheduling has gotten twisted around a little bit lately. So while I'd love to tell you what's coming up next week, it's just going to have to be a surprise. But I will tell you there are some incredible healing stories and some wonderful people that will be coming on the podcast in the next few months. So don't forget to hit follow on your podcast provider so that you won't miss an episode. Thank you for joining me today on the Quest for Healing podcast. These discussions are not intended to provide medical advice, but rather to give you examples of methods and modalities that you may find interesting, informative, or helpful. Please work with your doctor as you undertake your own health journey. Hey, it's Kirsten. Before I started out on my health journey, I didn't know how poisonous many of the cleaners I used in my home were. Then when I started trying to clean the toxins out of my body, I started to question if the cleaners I was using were just adding back more. And how does that make sense when we're using toxic chemicals to get things clean? So imagine how excited I was when I found non-toxic, fragrance-free, essential oil-free Branch Basics cleaners. Now I use them for many things around my house, including scrubbing my kitchen and bathroom, cleaning my juicer, and as the laundry detergent for cleaning my clothes. Plus, it's also the soap that I use to wash my fruit because it's also sodium laurel sulfate free. So check out branchbasics.com. Their starter kits make it so easy to get started and you can use my code carefullyhealing, which is all one word, for 15% off your purchase. And because I always want to be upfront with you, this is an affiliate link, so I will earn a small commission if you buy using my code. But I only recommend this product because I love it and use it myself. So if you're ready to start cleaning your home with a healthier cleaner, go to branchbasics.com.